When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Blue wire. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the last. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it. Young ball continues to wear him up. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers have got another ugly win under their belt as they beat the New York Knicks. And after that, they have two postponed games against the host virus, Washington Wizards. So the Cavs get a much needed break and it gives us a chance to reset. And what better opportunity to use that reset to do a little bit of a mailbag, get some question and answers going and helping you with that is my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, if I had known the Cavs were going to get a week off and that was going to allow them to get healthy, I wasn't going. You would have surprised me to tell me that not a single player on the Cavaliers had COVID. It's just <laughs> uh, they they desperately needed this break, and there's a lot of good things that come with it. You know, obviously, no one wanted you know this to play out this way, but if it if it had to, it's nice that one the team has some extra time to get healthy. Because uh, I think we should uh, expect our backcourt back, our yeah. dear, our dear, our dear uh, sex land. And I'm still <laughs> going to call both of them, that. Bo- both of them are uh, participating in contact practice. At least that's what's supposed to happen on Monday, I believe. So that is a fantastic sign for them potentially coming back. Um, Kevin Porter but, Jr. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You cut me off bro okay uh, yeah. what what else i was going to hit was not only does it allow them to get healthy kpj back on the bench the sex land practicing again it also allows them some time to integrate their new players and some practice because as you know justin there is no practice time this season because of how con- condensed the schedule is so a week just to 
you know, get get right is I don't know if there's a team that needed it more other than these poor teams that uh, just happened to be stricken with uh, with uh, positive COVID tests. Yeah, and if I'm being selfish, I mean, a lot of this, we're still connecting the dots because there is privacy issues, obviously, when it comes to COVID and uh, health and safety type things in the NBA. But if you look at the pattern, every single team that played the Wizards basically had an outbreak. Um, So I'm very grateful that these games are postponed. Um, Obviously, for those that don't know, uh, the schedule is basically up to the beginning of March. And after that, they're going to make up some of these postponed games before figuring out the second half schedule. So the Cavs get a much, much needed rest. Hopefully some reinforcements back. Dylan Windler might potentially be in the mix as well. So let's take this time to actually get into some of these questions. We put out a call for mailbag questions on our Twitter feed and also receive some at chasedownpod at gmail.com, which by the way, you can send your screenshot of reviews if you want to be part of our Discord chat. Uh, The first one we'll get into though, Luca had asked, us how much uh, Jared Allen will help Darius Garland in his development. And I I think this is one of the more exciting things about getting Jared Allen. Uh, We've seen with Garland this season that he creates these really high percentage looks in the lane, uh, seems to have a good sense for where that big man is. And getting a big man that's actually ready for the ball, that has great hands, that's a lob threat. I'm really, really excited for what it means for Garland because I I think this could result in like a full assist or assist and a half per game more than he would have got with the current roster construction. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he like, you know, in the most literal sense, how much his development is aided by this, by this acquisition, you know, like, I mean, I think Darius is already kind of figuring out the pick and roll part of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. I sure do think his product on the court's going to look a lot better <laughs> with, uh, with a really, really able lob threat. That is an elite finisher around the rim. Always, always kind of ready for, to, to catch those lobs that Darius has been throwing to, you know, I mean, they have JaVale now, but so he helps, but, not a ton of uh, traditional role men on this team. Even someone like Larry Nance, who is a very, very good dunker, does not have traditionally great role man numbers. Jared mm-hmm. Allen, not a problem there, pal. He's super <laughs> duper good at this. This is kind of the whole reason he's good at basketball. So while you know, so yeah, I think I think that Darius's numbers are going to look a lot better, and I think Allen is really, in a lot of ways, the perfect complement for a player like Darius. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to have really good chemistry. And one question I actually have for you, Carter, uh, I'm going to curveball here and throw one at your way because both of us did. Did uh, you did you respond to the the mailbag tweet, Justin? I did. I did. I, okay. I, I th- at least I thought I did that. Uh, it's going to help his assist per game. I, I think those two are going to have fantastic chemistry together. But this no, no, of- damn it, Justin, you me- you messed up my joke because you were going to throw me a question. I was going to kind of force you to throw it through the traditional mailbag. Uh, uh, I see what you're doing. I see what but you're doing. It, it's there. fine. It's fine. No, <laughs> no. Hey, you know, guys, just peeling back the curtain a little bit. You know, no, no, no partnership is perfect. You might think it's paradise over here. <laughs> well, thank you for derailing our chemistry, Carter. I really do appreciate. I would argue you, you did that. by missing my joke, but it's fine. Fine, fine. But both of us had Onyeko Okongwu as our top guy on our draft boards. And I, I think Okoro had moved to second on mine. And I think he was pretty similarly high for you. But now that we know what we know, uh, Chris Fedor had mentioned that the Cavs were trying to get Jared Allen even before the season started. 
does do you feel better about that selection? I mean, we we obviously now have the benefit of hindsight, and we always want to know everything about the team building, like as it happens. But now with Allen in the mix, like I, I'd much rather have Allen and Okoro compared to let's say Okongu and whoever else maybe they could add through a trade or free agency. Do do you feel the same way? Um, I I don't know. I don't know if I have a strong like. I still love Okongwu and I still think there's a world in which he might be one of the best players in this draft and might end up being better at Okoro. I'm happy with the Okoro pick. I think I think we're both pretty happy with the way he's played for for this team so far. But what I will say, if anything, this is a little that that news was a little reassuring to me from the perspective of, you know, so Kobe trades around Air Drummond and it's very clearly like not like a big big part of a plan you know it's like like he kind of made the obligatory call and then it's oh, an shit. asset move yeah yeah like it's an it's... asset move and he makes he makes the call i feel good that kobe didn't like jared allen didn't land in this team's lap out of nowhere mm-hmm. you know like while that would be great don't get me wrong and it was out of nowhere for us and then we were super happy about it i do like that the idea of like hey this is somebody that they were already targeting and mm-hmm. they found a way to get him in an organic way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they just stumbled into Jared Allen and, right. Oh, I guess we've got our start center for the future. Like there's just a different level of buy-in and like organizational philosophy that goes into, this is someone we, we tried to target last year. This is almost certainly someone we would have targeted and restricted free agency. And now we have, uh, we have first right of refusal on this player moving forward. So that that's actually my biggest takeaway when you tell me that news. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I still think Okongwu is going to be the better player of the two. Like, I, I had him as my top guy for a reason. I think he's going to be fantastic for Atlanta, but when you're looking at it from a team-building standpoint, like, I'm not – I don't think he's going to be better than Jared Allen, or if he is, it's not going to be by much. So, uh, from a team-building standpoint, and especially with how difficult it is to find really good uh, defensive wings and how valuable small forwards like that can be – um, I'm thrilled. And uh, I, I think it also kind of ties into a question that uh, Twitter user Sexland210 asks, which is, if we kept both Drummond and Allen, how would they work off each other? Well, boy, Sexland210, I'm happy to tell you they're not keeping both. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't want to not humor the question. Obviously, we'll get there. There is, I would say, less than a 1% chance that both players are in the Cavaliers next season. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it doesn't make much financial sense for either the Cavaliers or the parties involved mm-hmm. uh, to to get to the kind of deals that uh, make that work. I mean, there's a world in which Andres Drummond or Andre Andre Drummond Andreas Drummond. I threw a I threw an early possessive. Andre Drummond's contract uh, and his market is so dry that he is a mid level exception type of player, like Tristan Thompson was. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. A lot of teams were saving up money for a Giannis bounty that is not coming anymore. I don't know. I just don't see how it works. Uh, Justin, you can kind of talk about the potential fit, but I do not think that would be good asset management. No, I don't think so either. Um, I don't anticipate Drummond going for that cheap. I, I think he's probably going to be one of the better targets on the market uh, for a lot and, of these and teams it, that and, have space. And again, and, he, $15 million a year for Drummond is too much. Uh, if if you're the Cavs and you're keeping Allen, 15 million a year for Drummond for any other team in the league is a pretty freaking good deal. 
Yeah, no, that's a bargain. And you kind of anticipate that Allen's going to be upwards of around 18 a year. Um, I, I can't see him going for less than that. So it, it just would be so much money to tie up into guys that are kind of redundant. And when Allen is the better fit, younger player, and they're probably comparable when it comes to impact now already in their careers. I just don't see it. But I, I guess it does kind of open up the question of, okay, they are going to be on the roster at the same time here uh, for a bit. And how can they work off each other? And I, I think right now they're in a situation where these two almost have to play some minutes together. And part of me is wondering if they'd almost be better off starting the the two of them, because then Larry goes back to that first big off the bench role, uh, helps prevent wear and tear on him, because as good as he's been, I think you want to keep his minutes around 25, because we, we've seen over his career, um, especially the style that he plays. He puts a lot of energy into the game. He puts his body on the line, and you, you want to keep him as fresh as humanly possible. So... Um, I, I'm curious if they'd be able to do that, although I have to imagine it's a little tougher. Assuming Sexland's back, I, I have to imagine that it is tougher to run that two-center lineup when Okoro's also out there as a the small forward. I, I just think it, it might be a little too congested. Um, so there's some interesting problems that J.B. Bickerstaff's going to have to work through here. Well, I, let me just say, I don't want them to start those two. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I think you're crazy. I saw you speculating about this in the Discord. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I get why. I just don't agree. I don't think – I think Larry Nance or Kevin Love needs to be starting at this team's power forward spot because they're the two players that – you know, if if Love is healthy, obviously he's going to start. But right. if Love is not there, Nance has earned the spot, I think – uh, you know, to some extent, Nance has been playing the good soldier for this team for a couple years now, uh, and he is earning the spot. He's the best defensive player on the team. Um, uh, the the shooting and playmaking really helps grease the wheels. Mm-hmm. And I get your rationale, uh, and that works when Kevin Love is on the roster. But I'm I'm not shoehorning a weird big too big lineup that most starting units are better equipped to beat up. You know, that's the nice thing about the the double big lineup. Like, sure, no one wanted to see Andre Drummond and JaVale McGee lineups this year, but at least they're mostly coming against second units. They don't have a lot of punch and a lot of players who can abuse that lack of foot speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can kind of hang. Uh, I'm not doing that against starting lineups. Now, how they work together on the court, if they do have to play together, it probably looks not that far off from the JaVale, uh, the JaVale Drummond minutes, except Allen's just better at basketball. Yeah. You know, but like stylistically, you know, he's going to be, be a dive man and Andre will eat up some post possessions and they ideally they'll mash on the boards a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't think that's anything that they want to be doing to yeah. your point, to your point, you know, there's only 48 minutes a game at the center position unless they can find a home for Andre via trade. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Unless they can find a home for Andre via trade. I do think you're right that, you know, there probably will be a, a you know, three, four minutes a game where they got to play together just to yeah, get them and, up at the 28 range a piece. And, and um, both of them are, are capable passers too. And, and they're that helps. And it, it, it can work out and it actually ties into what Adam had asked us on the Twitter feed, which is what is our weirdest lineup that's actually worked this year. And I have to say like the Drummond McGee Larry minutes, like 
it's ugly as hell. No, no one's going to confuse it for pretty basketball, but the fact that they are just so relentless on, on the boards, creating second chance opportunities, uh, the, the way that they kind of move around off ball and try to uh, post up and, and repost in, until they can kind of get a good look. Um, it, it's made a big difference over this stretch where they just haven't had much perimeter play. And the, the fact that they've been able to like, get some productive minutes out of that lineup has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I love big man basketball, you know, I, that's maybe this is the, one of the reasons why I'm so much more amenable to Drummond than most is I don't mind a, an ugly post up. I think they're kind of fun. Uh, you know, like, I mean, obviously Drummond played probably his best game as a Cavalier, almost certainly uh, against the Knicks. And he, you know, I love seeing him take a, a, a long armed, freak athlete like Mitchell Robinson and put him under the basket, you know, <laughs> with, with sheer physicality. Like that stuff is really fun for me to watch. I know that's not maybe the majority of NBA fans. So I've enjoyed these big lineups, you know, and like, you know, Larry Nance has talked about it a few times in interviews where he's like, how, you know, everyone's so used to guarding small that when you go big, it just shock the system a little bit. And teams are like, excuse me. You know, like, it's like a little bit of a, a curveball. Like, this this shit would never work in a playoff series, and we know that. But yeah. like you know, it it is fun. I don't mind it at all uh, in the interim. And really, what I want is the Cavs to put their best players on the floor in a chance to succeed. And right now, those these big lineups are doing that because they don't have any other small players healthy. But as they get healthy on the perimeter, I do you know I, I hope that we're, that bigger staff isn't chasing this, you know, and thinking he's found something here because I I'm not sure he has. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I agree with that. And I, I think you're still going to see some of it until Drummond's move, which I still anticipate to happen by the Again, deadline. I don't think I don't see how you avoid it unless you just play one of your two set two centers, not that many minutes, which, you know, that's that is if there is an upside here, Dustin, is it, at least with extra centers. Centers don't really love playing 42 minutes a game. No, you know, like, like that's a position that's a little easier to go light on, you know, where you can be a top center and play 28 minutes a game. Right. And, and we, we saw when Drummond first joined the team, they were finding minutes for both him and Tristan Thompson. And I, I think it's going to be the same thing with Jared Allen. I've seen a few people kind of raise concerns about, well, you know, Allen was buried behind DeAndre Jordan in Brooklyn, and now it's going to be a similar situation in Cleveland. I don't really think that there's going to be much friction there because, one, DeAndre Jordan's terrible. And uh, it, like it's clear that he was just starting because he was friends with Kyrie and KD. The other thing is... Like the Cavs clearly, and it's been communicated in all kind of the the press releases and all the analysis. They they have a relationship with Jared Allen, right? Kobe Holtman has that Team USA connection. Jared Allen knows that he's going to be here for the long term. Uh, Kobe said that in the press conference where, yeah, this is our, our center of the future. Uh, Brooklyn didn't want to give him the the 590 extension th- this offseason, and I would have to anticipate that the Cavs would be willing to pay him something like that. So he knows he's part of the plan. He understands that, okay, we got Andre Drummond here. He's playing ridiculously well. He's been a big part of the success, and he's not part of the team's future. So I, I think that there's not going to be the same friction that you had in Brooklyn, and that's not yeah. really a concern for me. Can I, can I take us to the logical next conversation, which – I don't think we've had yet. Okay. Who's starting? It's Andre. It's Andre. And yeah, Larry. I think it's Andre too. Uh, Andre, I think, is better than Allen right now. Right now. 
Uh, Andre is playing at least contract year Andre Drummond. This version that we had this season is probably a better player. And he has the, you know, the bona fides, the resume that Allen doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that it will be a situation similar to last season after the trade where, you know, where there would be nights where Andre started and only played like 22 minutes because Tristan was just on fire. Yeah. And, you know, like that, fine by me. I'm totally cool with that. And, you know, I think Allen will have every opportunity to win the job. Like that's kind of like the nice thing is even if Andre starts and people will go, oh, poor Jared Allen, he's buried again. Like if he's playing well, he will get the start because the Cavs are incentivized to have him get the minutes with their core lineup. I I, I think you're correct that in a vacuum, Drummond's probably the better player right now. I will say that if we're assuming full health, if you go on 2K and and you're turning off all the injuries injuries. and it's Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Love, and center like whichever one you can choose. I think Allen makes for a better lineup and a more productive roster because I I think those shots are better off going to Garland and Sexton versus Drummond post-ups where uh, it hasn't necessarily been the the most efficient uh, look for the Cavs. I I think it accentuates what their strengths are and uh, improves their perimeter play. Um, So I I do think that there's an argument that Allen's going to be more effective, but coming into a new situation where Drummond's been playing really well lately. He's been a big part of why the Cavs still have the second best defense in the league. Um, Dr- Drummond's Damn you Lakers. It. He's, he's earned it, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's, and, and that's, I think your best point when you're talking about not starting Allen is the Cavs have created a, a culture where you got to earn absolutely everything. And, and at uh, the Allen's least they're trying to create that culture. If they're not there yet, they're certainly trying to, and to start Allen does, I think, I think it'll be felt, you know, I think you'll definitely feel that. And it's not like, you know, I don't think anyone's going to throw a fit about it. We, we kind of, we get it. I think I'm sure Andre gets it, but if you want to put your money where your mouth is and reward the kind of things that the Cavs are trying to reward this season, then Andre should start till he shouldn't. I, I think that's the right way to look at it. And one of the questions we received from Nick on our Twitter feed was, if Drummond isn't moved by the deadline, do you anticipate um, a sign and trade potentially in the summer? Which I think there's enough cap space out there that whoever wants to sign Drummond isn't going to go the, the sign and trade route. I, I think that um, there, there's also going to be enough interest in the trade market out there for Drummond. Like, um, one of the teams we haven't discussed yet is Charlotte. I, I would love to be able to pry Bridges away from them somehow if you pair them with like Cody Zeller. Um, I, I think Drummond would be a nice fit alongside LaMelo Ball and kind of what they're building there in Charlotte. They had interest in him um, at the trade deadline last year and the Cavs kind of beat them to the punch. Uh, so I, I still think he's going to get moved. I, I think the offers will be there. But if it is a sign and trade, the Cavs might just be better off letting him expire at that point. And then maybe you can make a restricted free agency offer at someone like uh, John Collins uh, once that time comes. Yeah, I think that if nothing else, we're starting to see a bit of on the timeline, a bit of Andre Drummond buyout talk. I don't think Andre Drummond and his representation will be particularly amenable to a buyout no. because of the possibility of a sign and trade. 
this guy's primary priority right now and should be is to get paid. Yeah. Get a big one more big deal and ideally one with some term. So you don't want to lock out any potential suitors and he might not be the kind of guy people want to sign and trade for. That's fine. But I think his, uh, his priority should be to stay in the Cavaliers, even if he has to bite the bullet with some awkwardness at the center position for the rest of the year. If he's smart, I think he'll stick around if they, if a deal is not able to be worked at the deadline to your point. I mean, do we want to have the, what trades make sense discussion now? Um, not, I, I guess we can. I, I haven't, like, I, I've played around with different things uh, when Nurkic went down with Portland, kind of looking at, okay, once Rodney Hood's eligible to be traded, you, you can maybe work something out. But if Nurk's just out for two months, I think um, our our large adult son, Harry Giles, is going to be able to fill in the oh, canter well enough. Uh, sure, he will. I, I think he'll be able to step up, and I don't see them kind of making a long-term move there. Um, so I, I, I don't think that that's going to work out. I, I pitched out the Toronto idea, which is mostly expiring contracts, um, getting Baines as a backup center. Um, you, you know what? I th- The last thing I'll say, because you did mention the idea of a Drummond buyout, is I think that sends a bad message to the Cavs as well. Like, they are trying to be competitive, and they're trying to win every game. And um, for those concerned about the lottery odds and whatnot, I think there's going to be enough losses organically. As- Just go look, go look at February, guys. Yeah, God, yeah. Look, look at oh, just if you're worried, if you're a Cade Cunningham fan, and you're not like us, and you don't want to win games on purpose uh, for some reason, even though you know there's really not that much incentive to tank. Be my guest. Go check out February. This team will not be the seventh seed in the East at the end of February. Yeah, it, it gets rough in a hurry, and and there's growing pains, right? So I, I think it would just send a bad message to the team. Whereas if you do move De- Drummond at the deadline, it's okay. Well, you know Jared Allen's going to be able to contribute uh, at a very similar level. We talked about his fit versus Drummond with the rest of the starters. You're getting long term assets for a guy that's likely going to walk. Like it's an understandable move, and you're probably probably getting some players back that are going to help as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And actually a buyout to, is just, it, yeah. it's just a tough message to send. And I just a, don't a buyout's a bad it. idea, but I do want to actually have that kind of quick discussion is if you're the Cavs, you know, obviously we're talking, we, we have this idea, like we got to move Drummond. We got to move Drummond because now we have Allen and we want to see Allen play all the minutes and Drummond now is a little redundant. So where's the, where's the home for Drummond? And I don't think there's a lot being talked about what should the Cavs want for Drummond? Because it's kind of not easy. Uh, they are at this point where they have, you know, with McGee at least in the in the in in house, they're set at backup five. They're set at backup four once Love is healthy. They're set at backup three with uh, Okor with Osman and Windler. They're ideally they'll be set at, at the two. Mm-hmm. with with you know kpj and I, either way that's you know that that's a potential uh dot and, and they have dotson as well who's been particular who's been perfectly good i'm happy with him though you know i'm not like turning down an upgrade but you kind of are expecting kpj to eventually take those minutes so the only spot that's really unsettled is backup one now that dante exim's out of town is that something you're targeting because to me if i'm the Cavs, i'm expecting to be able to move javel and andre before this trade deadline so to me, I think they need to go find a backup five, a backup one, and maybe a first round pick. Do you think we're getting a first? 
I, I mean, that would be nice. I, I think it's certainly possible. Um, backup five, obviously, we need. I don't think backup one is as essential because we've talked about it before. Even though Garland and Sexton play together, those guys, one of them is going to be on the court at all times, and they want to give Kevin Porter Jr. time uh, to initiate the offense. And Dotson's been good at it too. Like, I, I think he's showing more as a passer uh, than he did in New York. He, he's... Um, Chris Fedor had mentioned maybe he was miscast a little bit. I, I still think he's a combo guard, but he's able to to give you some uh, minutes off the bench where he can run the offense as well. And I, I really do want a lot of the initiating to go to Garland, Sexton, and Kevin Porter Jr. once he's back um, because them learning that and them kind of going through those bumps is the most important thing about this season. Like that, that's got to be your priority. Um, so I'm not really uh looking for so, so a backup one can i can i can i push you with a question then okay in that sense are you mostly looking for draft compensation for andre then yeah yeah like my big goal is that okay it, if we could get one player that uh can at least be part of the rotation moving forward and you get some draft compensation as long as it's better than whatever you gave up to get Drummond, which was John Henson and a second round pick. I, I think the asset move works out in the long term. So if you get a backup five uh, for the future, which I, I think should be the main priority, is a team looking to upgrade their center position and you take whatever they have, um, that that would be really nice. Like maybe Washington in a month from now um, moves Drummond, uh, moves for Drummond, moves Thomas Bryant and maybe like, Davis Bertons, like that would be something where, yeah, Bertons is probably overpaid, but I, I'd be happy with both of those guys moving forward uh, if Washington's trying to go for it this year. So um, it, it depends. Like if you are getting a player back that can be part of your future, um, I don't really care about the draft compensation as, as much because they really didn't give up a whole lot to get Drummond. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, to me, I... I almost want draft compensation just because I'd rather have the asset in the war chest mm-hmm. to make moves like the under or the Jared Allen trade. Yeah. Than add another mouth defeat in the rotation right now. You know, that's why I actually really love a Hornets deal where it's just Cody Zeller, either Malik Monk or Miles Bridges, whatever oh, project you're Bridges. whatever project you're more interested in, though honestly, like it, you know, like bridges becomes what your third string power forward when everyone's healthy. Like, I don't quite know what you do there. Um, but either way, and then a lotto protected first or something like that, just to get, here's an asset to, to, to play with Kobe. Like we know you're good at that kind of, that kind of, those kind of deals. Like just go do that. Like that's probably enough for me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it's not a sexy return, but I just think that the, we're kind of, I, when you survey the market, they're just not there. So I'd rather, you know, Cody Zeller immediately becomes a great JaVale and Andre replacement yeah, behind I, Allen. I agree. Like he's a perfectly and acceptable player. I think you want to upgrade the war chest as well, because one thing we haven't really talked about is let's say the Cavs pick sixth and there's someone they really want at four. You want to like, maybe you use Miles Bridges and something else to, to move up in that draft. It maybe some team kind of feels it's worth it. Uh, to go back two spots. So the more you get in your war chest, the more flexibility you have for a p- potential move like that. And you you can kind of go in on this summer because I, I do think that this is going to be the time where the Cavs make their Atlanta Hawks type offseason where you, you kind of solidify what your core is going to be in the future. And 
uh, take advantage of this break before a Colin Sexton extension kicks in, which would probably be the uh, the 2022-2023 season, assuming he signs it this offseason. So um, I, I agree with you. Whatever the, the best asset is, whether it's a young player or a first-round pick, build up that war chest so that you have the flexibility to make some moves this summer. All right, what's the worst return you take for Andre? And still want to move him. Uh, expiring contracts in a first. Um, I would like, move I, him for I, a couple I, seconds if 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 it, if it felt right. You know, depending on how the, the this these next couple, you know, the, this next month goes, because mm-hmm. now you're back to equal value, right? Like it was a wash at least and helped you build some winning culture. I wouldn't be thrilled about it. I'd be bummed. The one thing I definitely will not be doing without a real asset back is taking on any salary beyond this year. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would absolutely like, I I'm okay with, let's say getting $15 million back that goes beyond this season. If it's someone that fits in the rotation. Um, but I, I but do there's think not that, that much room in the rotation is kind of my point. Uh, yes. And no. Um, I, I, I still think, uh, a lot of the guys that are filling up the rotation, like let's say Torian Prince, who will likely be the backup four until Kevin Love comes back. Um, I, I think you can bury him. I, I think I'm okay with burying Windler as well. Like I'd like to get him minutes, but if you have a more proven commodity, that's not going to be the end of the world for me. Uh, and I mean, we, we certainly don't know if he's able to stay healthy even. So that that's uh, there, there's a lot of possible ways for this to go, and I, I'm not going to be heartbroken if someone like Windler and Prince get buried because we, we got a piece that kind of makes sense long-term that's more proven. Um, one thing that uh, Tiago had asked uh, on our Twitter feed was what our expectations are for a KPJ and Delhi return, which we've talked about Kevin Porter Jr. and kind of respecting that we we don't know all the details and you don't want everything to be public right because you you got to imagine that uh ken porter jr respects and appreciates some privacy as they they work through this internally um but poor delhi man like he got that concussion at the same time as nance and i know we've brought that up before but you gotta wonder um because he's had a couple of those in his career what like what does the future actually hold for delhi I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it seems dire. I will say I was listening to uh, Fedor and uh, Hayden Grove's podcast, and they were kind of talking about, you know, Andre perspective, Andre deals. And Fedor kind of made a comment about not them not needing, wanting to bring in too many, like a three for one kind of deal because they have too many rostered players Yeah, right now. And he mentioned Delhi is one of the guys that he would expect them not just to want to cut bait on. So you know, I'll believe that when I see it, because I mean that—that's probably not great asset management at this stage. Yeah, he—he he would be the the most likely uh, yeah. to cut in those situations. Like, well, it, Dean Wade would be the most likely to cut. I—I I like that, Dean Wade. Though. That's literal. I'm just parroting what Fedor said. And yeah, he's a little more sourced than we are. So you know, like that would be my guess is what's going to happen. Even though I think Dean Wade is uh, probably a better future asset than Delhi is. Um, but I mean, maybe he's still in the team's plans. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, health matters first and foremost and a head injury that takes a month and a half to recover from is scary. Yeah, no, it, it would have been really helpful to have him the, these last couple of weeks. Um, just a, a steady presence out there and I, you obviously feel from him, but from like just a pure callous standpoint, He'd be the guy that I'd cut in that situation if it was like a three for one type situation because yep. 
Uh, I mean, like that's it's, what it's their guard. No that's what value. that's what uh, backup third string backup point guards exist on your roster for. Sorry, Matt Mooney. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Speaking of Matt Mooney, uh, Tony had emailed us uh, asking what guys the Cavs could target with the extra two-way spot that the the NBA is expected to kind of implement here in the new future. Uh, some of the names he mentioned were Matt Mooney, who obviously has experience with the organization and probably has a bit of an inside track. Uh, Malik Newman, who I know absolutely nothing about, and a player that we were told is better than Colin Sexton and Eli Okobo. Uh Do you have any strong preferences here? Because I don't necessarily, but... Uh, apparently Okobo is someone that we should be looking into. Now, remind me, and I'm sorry uh, to sound like an idiot. Is it two years or less of th- of NBA experience to be a, a three years, three years or less or less than three years? I th- mm, that's a good question. Let that doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either, either way, um, you know, someone like Frank Mason, who is a target for their hardship exception, I think might be a good fit. But he's got three years of NBA experience under his belt. So I'm not sure he qualifies uh, that we, we are not a CPA podcast, uh, ladies and gents. Sorry. Mm. Um, yeah. Give me a Kobo. If not just a, you know, throw some Twitter dirt on uh, <laughs> some irritating uh, conversations. Does anything jump out to you? Really? I think, you know, they should be looking for an athletic body that might be able to turn into more than what he is. You know, that's, that's really the goal. You know, someone like, you know, Shaq Harrison, who was popping on the bulls a couple years ago, all right. Last year. You know, like these kind of guys who are just good athletes that you might hope uh, become more. Who Who is the guard for the cat? Jared Cunningham. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like that who probably aren't going to make it, but have enough of the check enough boxes to go. Maybe they might. You know, that that's what I that's all I ever want from an independent guy. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Um, I, I guess we're not eligible for the hardship exception, but if. We did not get healthy, and we we once again kind of fall into that territory. It'd be nice to bring back Yogi again. Uh, yeah, I was like perfectly happy with Yogi. He just doesn't qualify for this uh, extra yeah, two way yeah, spot. He, yeah, that that's correct. And um, I, I think the direction you're kind of implying that they they should go with that spot is correct, especially if Garland and Sexton are back, because then you're no longer in this situation where you just desperately need a guard. You need anyone that can dribble the ball and help feed the all big lineup. That, uh, this is exactly why I want to back up one, Justin. It's not because Dotson hasn't been better than we thought he was going to be. It's not because we don't expect Garland and Sexton to share a lot of minutes and eat a lot of those, those minutes. But I love the idea. I mean, this is why I'm fine with Delhi being on the team. Frankly, is like, you know, like sometimes you just need a steadying hand, whether it's on the practice court or in the game where you go, okay, this offense is busted right now. They're taking us out of what we want to do. Get a point guard in there to run the offense, you know, and that's that's why it's nice to have a breaking glass, you know, break glass in case of emergency guard. And that's what who I'd look to source with this pick. I do not think the team needs another big man. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think you're I think you're right. Um I'm I'm coming around to on it. I I still think it'd be nice to keep kind of the playmaking in Sexland and KPJ's hands, but um, I I do see the argument, especially in a weird year. You don't know when COVID's going to strike. Uh, you can never have too many ball handlers, so there there definitely is some value in that. Um, Zach Lockwood, friend of the podcast, asked us who our favorite team was. Obviously, mine's the Cavs. I don't know who Carter watches because he's not watching the Cavs. No. And the other part of the question, um, I, the, the part that I think is actually serious, is 
how good are the Nets actually? Do, do you buy into what the Nets did? Because that, like, that's the part of the trade we didn't discuss because obviously we were interested in the Jared Allen portion. But are you buying into what the Nets have actually built here? I have a, a general curiosity as to why the NBA commentary has gotten so down on star-led teams. Like, how many years did we see two top five players is all you need to be a real contender and damn near give, guarantee yourself a conference finals berth no yeah. matter what's around you. And then all of a sudden we just aren't interested in that anymore. Like, I don't get it. Like are, are people lower on James Harden and Kevin Durant than I thought we were? Cause like, to me, like, sure. There, there's some pretty glaring flaws. You know, I also had glaring flaws uh, in their depth. The 2017 golden state warriors, uh, the 2018 golden state warriors, the 2020 Los Angeles Lakers. Like, if these dudes are as good as we say they are, if they if that big three, and sure, the fit is not ideal. You know whose else fit wasn't ideal? The Miami Heat with LeBron and, and Wade. Like, I don't get it. I, I think that this team should be really, really, really good. I don't know if they're going to be an all-time great team, but they are absolutely a contender, and I don't understand why anyone would pretend they aren't. So I think what Brooklyn and those teams have in common is they need a year. Uh, like, I don't think they're going to win it this season. Uh, I think they're going to be damn near impossible to stop defensively. And, um, like, that combination is just ridiculous. Like, that is the three most talented players I've ever seen together on the offensive end. And I, I think having Joe Harris helps them out. I, I think Landry Shamit is a good player. I, I just think that they need a little bit of time. They're going to be players on the buyout market, and maybe that changes things. Who knows? Well, I'll tell you this much: I'd throw, I'd happily throw him a Javale McGee for two second round picks. Oh, a- absolutely! And Mike, and God, I think they should do that deal too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the complicated thing is they they need to send salary, and I, I just don't know how you get there. Um, oh, it's easy. I've already done the math. They, they okay. have a lot. Of, they have a lot. Javale only makes four four million. Yeah, but they have a lot of really cheap players. Like um, he, he, I, it's easy. Trust me. There's a couple one for ones you can do. Okay, fair enough. But still, like I, I think that they're going to get better uh, with time. Obviously, there's the Kyrie wild card of he can retire at any moment or leave the team. So we, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but I, I think they're going to be really, really damn hard to to stop uh, offensively. Like, good lord, they they just have so much damn talent, and I, I think. I, I think Kyrie's a, a little more unselfish than people give him credit for. And I, I think Harden might make some adjustments too. Um, th- they'll probably close a lot of games with KD basically playing the five. And I, I just think it, it's it's going to be really, really tough to deal with. It but, feels like a flip the switch team to me. You know, uh, like they're, they're, they're going to be kind of ugly at times in the regular season. They're not going to care some days. And this is a team that's going to need to care to get stops. They don't just have a ton of like defensive in- infrastructure and talent that just you know, will will them there at, on their periphery. But like if James Harden, Kyrie and, and Katie are all actually trying to win a title and playing hard on defense, like I, I mean, do, do I really have to tell Cavs fans that Kyrie can play defense well enough to win a title? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, like I reserve the right to change my opinion on them, uh, depending what happens on the buyout market. And let's say, Maybe even though Spencer Dinwiddie isn't going to play this season, maybe some team um, may make some sort of a move there and um, at least wants to kind of keep his rights. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But 
I do think right now I, I still put them behind Philly and Milwaukee. Um, I, I think both of those teams, one with Simmons and uh, Giannis, they, they have really long guys they can throw on KD. I just think those are more complete teams, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's just, why you have James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Good God. That, that's the like thing. That. Like, <laughs> you, you, throw your, you throw your first and second best play, uh, defenders <laughs> on KD <laughs> Hard and all of a sudden uh, Kyrie is being guarded by your third best defender and I just don't think there's a lot yeah, of teams. I mean that's why I like Milwaukee I think Milwaukee is not really built to be an elite playoff team I don't think they've made those changes I'm not as enamored with Drew but I will say uh, being able to throw a combo of you know Giannis Middleton ha- and Drew like yeah yeah that- and, and, and DiVincenzo is no sl- uh, slouch either defensively right. like so I, I think they make a lot of sense to guard them, but I think this team is really, really good. And I think people are going to get their pot shots in. Uh, I've certainly gotten my shots in because I, I do not like how a few of their players comport themselves. But like, listen, they're so talented that like, if they don't at least make a conference finals and compete to make the finals, then they've had a bad uh, playoffs in my opinion. Assuming health, of course. I agree. Going back to the Cavs, we got two questions left. Both of them are kind of long-term questions. But the first, which is fun and subjective, which is the space I love to live in, uh, Nolan asks us, do you think it's time for the Cavs to do a rebrand? Change up the look a little bit. Carter, what do you think? I, uh, you know, I, I am fine with their current branding. I will say that. Like, you know, the wine and gold is fine. I really, uh, I'm a real sucker for the creamsicles and the blue, the blue and orange uh, color scheme. I just think it... I just prefer it basically, you know, like I, I just think it looks really slick every time they do those throwbacks that feature those colors. So maybe going back to that, you know, uh, I, I'm fine with it as is, but you know, I'm always down for a cool rebrand that, you know, you get a great design firm in to do something really cool. You know, I, I think that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, though they kind of just did one, you know, you can only pull the, pull that, uh, uh, card so many times. So, if they if they want to commit to a a large rebrand like moving off wine and gold as their primaries, I'm fine with that. But you know, I, I'm fine with it as is too. What do you think? See, I, I want to go back to kind of an updated retro look, kind of similar to what the the Browns did. Like I, I just hawks hawk hawks are I think are a great example of the updated retro. Right, they and, look really and, good. And I think next year is almost like a perfect time to do it because at that point Drummond's likely off the team. Kevin Love might be off the team. You're going forward with your young core um, plus whoever you draft. And like to me, that is like the perfect time to signify. Okay. We're going for it. This is a like a new, updated, old look, which I, I just love those old looks. Um, this one is still kind of associated in my mind with twenty the twenty eighteen season, which I want a fresh start from. So I, I'd really love to see kind of that updated. I I love the hoop V. Um, I, I think that's one of the better looks in basketball. And going back to an updated version, like you said, like what the Hawks did. Um, I, I think it would be really exciting to do that. And I, I know like there is a rebrand coming, right? Like when, when they, uh, the cast brought in uh, Daniel Arsham, like that, that was part of the press release is that he'll be involved in the next rebrand. And I, I'm excited to see what that looks like um, as someone that has way too many jerseys. I just love rebrands because it's an opportunity to, to restock my closet. So I'm here for it. Uh, I'm really excited for that. And speaking of the future, PJ, asked us on Twitter who the cash should target or draft. Uh, what changes you anticipate for the 2023 Cavs looking forward? 
Uh, do, do you think this coaching staff is going to be the, the same? Do, do you think that the, there's going to be changes there? Um, who, who kind of are your dream targets in free agency or in the draft? Obviously, uh, Cade Cunningham, like, I, I want to get a Ford. Uh, that that's my main target in this draft. I, I want to add another forward to the roster because that one you can't have enough of those, and they're just the hardest thing to find elite ones. Um, I I like the coaching staff. I I don't see any reason to change that. I I kind of anticipate that they're going to grow along with the team. Uh, Carter, this is a, a general question, I guess. Uh, so it's tough to figure out what direction to go. But do do you have any thoughts about what you're looking forward to with uh, the team two years from now? Yeah, I mean, it's a boring answer, but I want them to stay the course. I want them to keep building, uh, picking up smart uh, assets that they think can build into this team long term. I don't want, I don't need to go big game hunting because I don't think the Cavs are particularly well equipped to do that on the free agency market. Um, I think that this team's number one goal should be to establish themselves as one of the most competent and well-run teams in the league. Yeah. Because... Yeah. When you establish those kind of reputations, things start to work for you. You know, things start to hit. You start to make the right moves. When you trade for, uh, when you do trade, you know, even if you're not, you're, Cleveland's never going to be a glamour market, but ideally you get to the point where you trade for, you take a swing on a big pick and they at least, you're, they're, they're bought in and, and know that they're going to, you're going to get a professional effort from them. Like that's what the Cavs need to do uh, roster wise. Duh, playmaking three, four hybrid that, you know, that every team in the league wants. And there are only probably five elite players like that in the whole world. So, you know, ideally, is that Cade Cunningham? I don't know. Uh, But someone who can play that position, I think, would be a great target for this team. Now, if they can't find that, then they just need to go find good players. But, uh, you know, I think that's that's what takes this team to a true contender in, in this iteration of, of their development from a coaching staff perspective, listen, maybe JB Bickerstaff is Brett Brown. Maybe he's the guy that gets you where you're going and can't get you to the mountaintop. I think that the Cavaliers should follow, you know, a lot of people were very critical of how the Sixers handled Brett Brown. I disagree. I think, you know, for the most part, they let this guy who helped them build a culture during the most trying stretch in franchise history, stick around and try to win something. I would love to be able to afford JB Vickerstaff the same option. And you know what? It's super hard to win a title. A lot of really good coaches can't get you over the hump. I am getting close to, to feeling like I can confirm that JB Vickerstaff is a good coach. I'm not mm-hmm. all the way there yet just because track record, but I'm getting pretty close. So Yeah. Uh, he, I would love him to be, be the coach until it is like, you know, unless it is just strikingly obvious that the team needs to move on to take another leap. But going back to my point of build a culture, build a team that, you know, people know what to expect from that we've talked about for years now, that goes with having consistency. So uh, JB, I'm happy to have him be the coach for the extended future. Yeah, I'm confident saying that he's the right coach for the Cavs right now. And he's a young coach, right? Like he's someone that was really highly touted when we have Dave Dufour on the podcast. He talked about, hey, these guys get opportunities for a reason. Like there's a reason why J.B. Bickerstaff was brought in for a lot of these teams. And um, we're we're getting to learn who he is. And I'd love to see him grow alongside this team. And I want to echo the sentiment you have of, 
what I want to see in 2023 is I, I want to see the internal growth. Like I'm invested in these guys. Like I, I really like the, the guys that they've drafted. I think Jared Allen's just a fantastic pickup and I'm so excited that we're probably going to get five more years of him at least with, with this team. Um, from a God, free- how, how freaking ridiculous is it that like one, we want the five days off six days off so they can get healthy and get acclimated. But man, I just am so eager to see that dude play. Oh, I'm I'm just so so damn excited. Like we we talked about it. We talked about it on, in our Discord. We talked about it on Twitter. We talked about it on the podcast. Like Jaron Allen was someone that we've coveted for a long time. So to get him is just incredibly exciting. Uh, from a free agency standpoint, um, I mentioned John Collins before. If you have the space to make a big offer, I would love to see him. But what I would like to see from the 2023 team, I want a team that plays fast. I want a team that plays exciting basketball, that moves uh, moves the ball around, that's fun to play with, because I, I think th- there's obviously going to be the glamour markets, but outside of that, if you build a culture that guys look and say, hey, it looks really fun to play for that team, one, it's exciting as hell to watch. It gives us a lot to talk about on the podcast, so I'm selfish in that way. But that can be attractive to guys. Maybe not the Tier 1 free agents, but Tier 2, Tier 3 guys, absolutely. Um, so I, I want to play an up-tempo team uh, and be an up-tempo team. I, I think uh, you look at the future. Let's say you do luck out and you get Cade. If you're <laughs> starting like Garland, Sexton, Cade, uh, John Collins, and Jared Allen, like that's a team that can get up and down the floor that has a lot of guys that can create like th- that would be a hell of a lot of fun so i i just know just i would like to note for the listeners justin is already starting to try to uh manifest john collins to the cavaliers yeah you know what i'm making just it in happen. passing i'm just i'm just putting a little bit of energy out there into the universe seeing if it rewards us uh but yeah the long story short i'd like to see an up-tempo team yeah, I, I would too. I just think it makes sense for the personnel. I just, yeah, I just want this team to be good. You know, that's why I'm liking this season. This team tries really, really hard. They play good defense, and I think they're playing good basketball for the most part. Sure, the injuries have made the offense damn near unwatchable at times, but that's out of their control. All I want as a fan of a team is to know that a team is giving everything they can. You know, like that's what I care about from a product perspective is are you working your ass off? Because I'm taking two and a half hours out of my day. Uh, so, so you know, please do me the honor of, of, you know, getting the most you can out of what you have on the court. I think the Cavs are doing that right now. What I want to happen in the big picture is for that to continue to be the case, even as the talent level rises. No, I, I agree. And I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a realistic goal, right? Like we're, we're not asking for the moon and the stars here. Like that's, Except John uh, Collins. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that best but, best no, nickname in basketball by the way what's his nickname john the baptist oh that's good i i, I saw someone tweet it the other day i was like oh my god that's could an you, amazing nickname could you imagine a also a little a, teen, a teensy bit sacrilegious I just a little say. bit you know but you know what I like it. I like it. Could you imagine how many dunks you'd have between Allen Collins and Larry Nance? Like, <laughs> that would be a fun thing. Is like, you know, like when uh, the Discord was talking about like potentially find, trying to chase someone like John Collins. I was like, man, that's kind of Lob City 2.0. You know, <sighs> like just yamming on dudes. It'd be super fun. 
that would be super fun. And you know what? The Cavs are looking like they're going to be super fun for the future. So I'm excited. They got a good foundation. I want to thank all of our listeners for submitting your questions. Uh, just a reminder, even when we're not doing mailbags, we're, we're, we'll still take questions. You can email us at chasedownpod at gmail.com. And if you want to support us, you can do what you we always ask you to do, which is leave that rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of our Chase Down Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. And until next time, go Cats. Mm-hmm.